0: And she asked me this really bizarre question. You know, I'm just spinning. I'm new, right? I'm just spinning. She asked me, she said, Carissa, where are your feet? What kind of spiritual calculus is this right now? What is she about to do to me? And eventually we quieted the mind enough because it wasn't about just where my feet physically were. We went beyond that. Like I think at the time my feet were on the ground. And before I was living in an endless cycle of fictions and we figured out what was around me. I have a roof over my head. I'm on the phone with my sponsor. I have a program. I have sobriety, right? And so here my feet are, you know, I think of that all the time.
1: I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics
2: Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Hi, Sam. What's up, Mr. Don? (laughs) Have you ever run into this where you hear somebody
1: say something that you wonder i wonder if they're in a a i was camping last week and with a friend who's in AA. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was another couple there and he said to his wife well a pause when agitated and he was like getting agitated putting stuff into the trunk of the car and my friend said oh I didn't know they're friends of Bill's. Do you think they're friends of Bill's? I, I don't know. I mean, we need to ask them. That's what we'll do. We'll ask if they're a friend of Bill W. <laughs> because pause when agitated is a pretty good sign that somebody might be. In yeah, AA. that's that's
2: not a a common phrase out in the world. Have you ever heard anybody? You know, I have definitely heard them. And I noticed them in articles Hmm. That often are an interview of a celebrity, and I notice them in obituaries. Obituaries? Yeah. People will write something in an obituary that is the secret language of AA without saying that that person was a member of Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: You know, that is being anonymous at the level of press, radio, and films. Just don't want to tell everyone, but it's very cool when that's there. Now, I've had an experience with a celebrity. I've told you this before, Sam, where I was at a concert. I I was drinking, and I went to see this person perform, and I heard one song, and then I needed, you know, I was out of beer, so I went (laughs) back and got back in line, and it took 25 minutes to get a beer and you could hear it but just barely in the background you could hear the concert and I came back with this beer and sat down and I was really irritated with myself for having spent that much time doing that and she was at the microphone saying "Well." I've been sober now for 20 years, and last night was my anniversary, and it was a very hard night. I had a hard time, but I was surrounded by friends, and I'm glad to say that I'm still sober today. And I was looking at my beard going, "What?" I knew that she was talking about AA, and she never said it, and that's
2: before I came to AA. But Don, did you know that she was talking to you? (laughs) I don't know how, but she definitely was. And you sat there with that really, I probably wasn't really expensive beer at that point. It was expensive draft beer. (laughs) What I'm thinking, though, is the the visual I have is Don sitting there and a tear falls from his face into his beer. There's a song about that. No, that's what I'm a tear in my beer because I'm crying for you, dear.
1: (laughs) I haven't heard that. I love
2: that. (laughs) I can't believe I pulled a song out that you don't know. (laughs) He's so sad that he's diluting his beer with his tears. (laughs) So yes, Don, we do have a secret language. Our secret language is in use out there, but so many people so blatantly will uh, just say they're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, too. And I really like the secret language, the secret handshake, if you will. It's one of those things that kind of like I'm in the know, I'm in the club, but also it's still respecting that business of uh, of our anonymity. And that anonymity isn't just to protect us. It's not just to protect me as an alcoholic. It's to help protect the people who are wanting to come in and are afraid. But it also helps protect Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole. Because when someone is uh, you know, not necessarily the best example of the big book, what shall I say, and they're publicly identifying themselves as members of Alcoholics, That hurts us. That's the view that people have of Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate that that celebrity musician who was talking never mentioned AA. And here's the thing. I still knew what she was talking about. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, today it's a little different, too, because there are many paths to recovery, more paths to recovery than there were back then.
1: It wasn't that long ago, Sam. There were multiple paths to recovery. (laughs) Decades, Don. Decades. <laughs> there were multiple past 30 years ago. That was probably 34 years ago.
2: So almost three and a half decades. Don. Okay. Decades. 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 <laughs> Sam, who's our guest today? Oh, we got a special one today, Don. Carissa is joining us, and... I have to admit, I don't even know where Carissa is from. Maybe they'll tell us. Unless it's secret. (laughs) Well, it could be secret. I mean, right now it could be interplanetary.
1: So coming to us from the fourth dimension (laughs) will be Carissa a little bit later. But first, this.
2: Hey, Don, how can I support the Grapevine podcast?
1: Since the Grapevine is self-supporting, we don't sell ad space in our magazines, on our website, or even on our podcast. Grapevine doesn't even accept contributions from AA members. What? If you want to support the podcast, visit aagrapevine.org and click on store.
0: I'm an alcoholic. Uh, My sobriety date is November 5th, 2018. I'm from Santa Clarita, California. Um, I actually don't belong to the intergalactic world. My feet are firmly planted on the ground now. Um,
1: <laughs> Although your screen appears different, you seem to be broadcasting from outer space. <laughs>
2: You're floating in space. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: very grateful to God and Alcoholics Anonymous that I'm not in a outside world anymore. And my feet are where I am today. So my home group is a women's beanbag toss, which I talked to you guys about on the call-in. Yes. That's every Monday at 6.15. It's like a perfect way to start my week. And that was the group I learned how to be of service. And I gained like my little slivers of self-esteem back after I came back into AA. And I also have a sponsor who has a sponsor. And when I get to sponsor other women, I can't believe I'm here. Like, I'm like shaking on the inside. You guys have, like, (laughs) you guys are my friends from far away. Literally, you guys are a part of my week. So, thank you for asking me to be here.
2: Oh, Carissa, thank you for saying yes. What prompted you to place a phone call to the podcast hotline?
0: You know, I was thinking about how. You know, some of my frustrations were coming up at work and how you guys were helping me in the podcast was helping me get centered, and how the message was actually carried to me by my grand sponsor. She was the secretary of a women's meeting I was going to, and she would talk about the grapevine and talk about the grapevine and then talk about the grapevine podcast. I said, The grapevine has a podcast? That's very techie and modern of them. So I went on the podcast and I fell in love with it. And I thought, you know what? Alcoholics Anonymous has given me a life worth living today and a life I don't want to throw away. I can at least thank the people that are, you know, helping me sort through some of my frustrations before I walk into work.
1: (laughs) We appreciate it because it's like back and forth a little bit instead of us just sitting in our bedrooms, (laughs) talking into a computer screen. Don't give away
2: the secrets, Don. (laughs)
1: So, Carissa, first off, you said that when you came in, you had low self-esteem. Yeah. I was at a meeting this morning and we were talking about self-esteem. And this guy said, you know, your low self-esteem is your ego, because if I have low self-esteem, then I'm acting at this low level down here at the bottom. And my ego is higher than that. And my ego thinks that I should be acting way up high up here at the top. And I'm acting way here below where my ego is. And what I want to do is to get my actions to match my egos so I'm not too high or too low,
2: so I'm right-sized. And Don, I want to remind you that this is an audio podcast, so no one can see the diagrams you are making with your hands. But I clued in when you said low self-esteem as well, Carissa, and it immediately took me to esteemable acts. Yes. We gain self-esteem by a doing esteemable acts.
0: Yes. That's interesting you mentioned that phrase, and it's become a part of my uh, slogan archive, as I like to call it. If I want to have self-esteem, then I need to participate in esteemable acts. And I had a sponsor. I told her, I said, I have no self-esteem. I hate myself, you know, and that's what alcohol does to us. Even if I wanted to take right action, I couldn't because I was drunk and I was loaded. Drugs are a huge part of my story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I love them. But I also love alcohol. Drugs were like, you know, the glitter and the party favor for my alcoholism. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the alcohol, it really numbed me from reality. I couldn't live without it. You know, when I came in Alcoholics Anonymous, I felt like I was the pawn scum feeding off the pond scum. And that self esteem, I found through the steps and through service work, I found I could show up, I could take right action, I could become trustworthy in the eyes of the group and the fellowship. And that was so important to feel a part of, you know, and Alcoholics Anonymous has become an education for me. Yes, inside the rooms, but also I can take it out. I can take it out. And, but that's hard. It's not, (laughs) it's not easy. Okay. Okay.
2: Well, I'm I'm curious. What are some specific examples of esteemable act that you did early in your recovery, particularly with this home group?
0: The first thing I did was I just started showing up every single Monday, uh, allowing people to get to know me. If I was asked to share, I would share. I had no idea what I was sharing. Because I was brand new. You don't know red light from green light. And I would call my sponsor. I was like, I have no idea what I shared. I'm like, I must have just been spewing nonsense. She's like, oh, you had a spiritual blackout. I was like, what?
1: Spiritual blackout. Aren't those great?
0: <laughs> okay. Better than a real blackout. I guess. <laughs> so I was like, I'll take it. I'll just listen to her. And then eventually you know the commitments renewed in the group and uh you know she really she get a commitment get a commitment i listened i listened and i you know the phone list commitment i was like I raised my hand i was like i'll take the phone list. and that was my first commitment in alcoholics anonymous that i can truly remember because i had had a chip commitment long time ago i came in when uh to aa when i was 17 years old my life
1: what i'm sorry can you describe what a phoneless commitment yeah. is what a chip commitment is
0: sure so Uh, The phone list commitment, you have a list of phone numbers, you have the person's first name, um, their last initial, you have like their email, their phone number, their sobriety date. You put it on a nice little spreadsheet or a Word document on your computer.
2: This is the group list. Yeah,
0: for the group. You uh, pass around a copy for people to update, make changes, maybe you show up to the meeting, the newcomer needs a phone list, right? And that's like a life-saving device for some people. They can go through that phone list, see how somebody's doing. It allows us to feel like we have connections. You know, I have phone lists that I don't even use, but I know it's there, Mm -hmm. right? And I have most of my phone is filled with members of Alcoholics Anonymous, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And what a safeguard that is, you know, my phone is filled with members. If my I'm to keep my bleepity bleeps to myself. If my butt is falling off, <laughs> I can just scroll through the list and click send, right? And pick up that phone.
2: Don, I have a request. Carissa, would you please say bleepity bleep?
0: Bleepity bleep.
2: Don, that needs to be our new bleep. <laughs> <This is good. laughs> bleepity, bleep.
0: bleepity bleep.
2: You know, all groups don't have that. I like what
1: your group is doing with that. Yes. And you also have a chip commitment.
0: We have, oh yeah, we have the gambit, whatever you want, you know? And I'm all about if for some reason a secretary says, oh, all our commitments are filled right now. I'm like, I'll make one for you. Yes. You know, right? And that we have to give the newcomer an opportunity to grow and experience service work if they really want it, right?
2: And a commitment is such a simple, quick, easy way to become a part of. Yes you know setting up and breaking down these are not major time sink commitments but what they do is they make us a part of and they give us an opportunity to talk with other people and get to know them and let them get to know us
0: absolutely and i when i came into the rooms i did not want to be known seen or heard oh
2: gosh i hear I, you
0: oh gosh I was living in a haunted house, let me just tell you, and I had all kinds of ghouls, ghosts, boogeymen, and I had no idea. I had no idea. I was was very, very young, but the moment I put a drink in my body, my life got unmanageable within four years. I was being brought home in handcuffs. By the time I was 16 years old, my parents took away my house key. I was running away from home. I was taking off with, you know, uh, known dope men and people on parole. And, uh, but I wanted to drink even by the time I was five years old. I remember being fascinated by it. My parents are not alcoholic, but I grew up around alcoholics because my father's side of the family and, you know, alcohol removes the love from families. It is such a evil and corroding thread, you know, and there's so much fear. I'm so grateful that there's recovery in our home today. My parents are long timers in Al-Anon and I'm so grateful for that. Right. Um, Cause we know our, we know our geographic boundaries. <laughs> Cause we'll just be swerving into <laughs> each other. And
1: Well, I can tell that you must be a friend of Bill's with evil and corroding thread I think I've heard that somewhere
0: before. It is in our beautiful uh, big book uh, when we start to talk about fear.
1: Right. So how old were you when you got sober?
0: The very first time I was 17 years old. So first time I tried to get sober was in 2011.
1: And the last time was?
0: November 5th, 2018.
1: Can you describe where you had to give up that you hadn't given up before?
0: The self sufficiency, because I look back at some of the bottoms I've had, and it took me seven years to get sober. And I did 11 years of drinking. It was like this spiritual death. Also, you know, the death of myself, I had no idea who I was anymore. You know, I looked at this scared little girl in the mirror, I was a shell of a human being. I just remember wanting to like scrub my skin off. Oh my God. It was like just unbearable. And I had done some things in my life, right? I started to get the things back, the material. I, I was suddenly sort of employable, whereas I wasn't before. I kind of had some more income. Like I had a boyfriend, but he was my dope dealer at one point. <laughs> just for convenience purposes, okay?
1: I can see why you liked them.
0: Of course. <laughs> In fact, prompt customer service, thank you. And you know, I need somebody who's a little bit sicker than I am so I can appear superior to you, right? I'm either better than you or I'm worse than you. So I, don't, not only do I have a problem with pride and ego, I have a problem with reverse pride. I'm worse than you. And either one takes away any humility in my life. But that day, November 5th, 2018, I believe that is the day that God chose for me. And that was the day that I decided I was not going to continue to hit the down button on the elevator of my alcoholism. And I called God sent a search and rescue team for me at 17 years old. Did I take the life raft? No, not at all. Um, And I had a huge problem with the power thing, the G.O.D. thing. Like I would have rather maybe read the book and done the writing than talk about God. Mm -hmm. So I waved the white flag. I called this woman I knew was sober and her and I had been very close in junior high school. She had reached out to me and she probably had some assumptions based on the way that I was living. She carried the message to me. She said, hey, I've been sober for four years. She told me about some of these things she had gone through and she did not drink. And I was like, whoa, that I mean, she got her and her son got hit by a car. She was homeless and she was sober. She was sober. You know, she kind of aligned the stars for me. She suggested, you know, when we work the steps up to step three, I suggest you find a sponsor that's local to you that can be by your side when you take that inventory. You know, with a little bit of willingness. And, you know, I saw the boxing gloves on because I find myself very self-sufficient and smart. I think I know it all and I have no questions, but I had so many questions. You know, it turns out I knew a lot of nothing. If I was so smart, I would have been able to conquer uh, the tyranny of King alcohol. You know, I could not beat it. And it turns mm-hmm. out it's not beatable. You know, we just surrender to it, whatever that looks like for us. So,
1: All the failures mm-hmm. at trying to drink successfully are the gold <laughs> that we need to to get. I got to the place where it was like, There's no way that I'm gonna drink successfully again. I know that. Certainly, I did everything I could to control it. So armed with that, I can come in at AA and go tell me what to do. Because who wants to get sober someone else's way?
0: Not I.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not.
0: So I had rent to sponsors in the beginning, and you know, a rent to sponsor is somebody Who should be giving me the easier, softer way? The big book is outdated.
1: (laughs) Steps need to be rewritten. Steps
0: need to be rewritten. The God thing is a huge problem. Can you please write my inventory for me? Can you please listen to all my sniveling and self-pity? And, you know, what am I going to do about it? Not what you're saying, right? And so (laughs) I had, you know, I'm going to go out and drink about it. Actually, I'm going to call you in two weeks. I'm going to let you know that I drink and my life is falling apart. And you're going to tell me to go to a meeting and I'm going to say bleepity
1: bleep. (laughs) Was there a bleepity bleep in there? (laughs) Oh, there
0: were so many bleepity bleeps because it was everybody's bleepity bleepity fault.
1: So the last time you came in was that fight over
0: yeah i listened i nodded in my head and this go around i've had three sponsors which is a lot one she told me to get a permanent sponsor who was close to me and i did that second woman she she rocked my world i still hear her in between here and here yeah. and i feel her here um in your heart she saved my life I wasn't expecting to get emotional and, you know, God used her in such a wonderful way for me. I mean, I do believe God picks our sponsors and she ended up drinking, you know, by the grace of God, you know, she had helped me build a strong enough foundation. I knew what I needed to do. When I got that call, I called somebody from my sponsorship family She said, I'm giving you three days, 72 hours to decide what you want to do about a sponsor. And I did, I decided, and uh, that whole, by getting connected, God took care of me, right? It wasn't, I eventually, I began trusting one person, which was that sponsor. And then eventually I began to trust one more, two more, three more people. So, you know, this is what we do. And there's no shame in being an alcoholic for me today. You know, I knew that there were things going on in her life and that she was alcoholic, you know, and there was no resentment for me. But, you know, in my mind, it was a tricky situation because my, my old thinking is, oh, well, it doesn't work. Obviously, you know, the person who has more sobriety time than me went out and drink, but that's not true. It's not true.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. What's something that she said that sticks with you?
0: She did this physical exercise with me one time. I was thinking about it this morning. She goes, nothing past the tip of this is any of your business.
2: And your finger is on your nose right now.
0: On my nose. So every time I think of her, you know, I think of this, (laughs) I do this. It's like a little physical exercise. Nothing, right? And I should never miss an opportunity to keep my opinion to myself because I have a lot <laughs> of them. So. The current sponsor I have today, she has 16 years of sobriety. I do service work with her at the convention level locally. And what an amazing experience. And she is someone I respect immensely. And, you know, and I love the idea of sponsorship because a sponsor doesn't have to be A friend, and I think at least for me, Mm -hmm. I need somebody who is going to readjust me when needed, right? Remind me where I'm at, okay, and remind me of the fundamentals of the program that I so easily have forgotten. Mm -hmm. Wisdom and guidance, and you know, unconditional love.
2: Beautiful. Carissa, we could keep on doing this for like another hour or two if you want to, but it is a half hour variety hour. So we have a few hashtag heard in a meeting submissions via email. Ah, it's another way you can send these to us. This is from Heather C. My husband and I were visiting the Huntsville group in Arkansas. This is one of the housekeeping items shared at the beginning of the meeting. No smoking in the bathroom. Douglas and I get a kick out of quirky things that find their way into the local autonomous vernacular of meetings we visit. Thank you for all you do and for having such a great name for your podcast. I love to listen on my half-hour commute, and I, while I also will announce it in meetings or include in my share, I heard in this week's AA Grapevine Half-Hour Variety Hour a member of AA Shared dot dot dot, so your material is also hashtag heard in a meeting. Signed, Heather C. Thanks so much, Heather. We really appreciate you sharing that. I love that. There's a meeting I go to that has a standing
1: announcement. Do not discard liquids into the trash can. (laughs) And I don't know, there's something
2: about that. (laughs) Sometimes as alcoholics, we need explicit direction. Well, we've got another one here that is from Chris C., Quote, no laying down across chairs sign is at the Midnight Group on Houston Street in New York City. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) You should be able to nap in a meeting. Just don't snore, you know? (laughs) know, That's (laughs) problematic. So there's one here in Palm Springs. It's to the effect of this is not a speaker meeting. (laughs) If you wish to be a speaker at a speaker meeting, speaker meetings are such and such, such and such and such and such and such. In other words, what they're saying is keep your share brief. (laughs) That's a good announcement. Yes. So we have a new hashtag. It's hashtag local autonomous vernacular meetings. (laughs) No smoking in the bathroom and no laying down across chairs. (laughs) Thank you, Heather. Thanks so much. And Chris. And Chris. Let's see. Here's another email. This one is from Spencer P. Spencer likes alliteration. Mm -hmm. Hello, you peachy podcast people. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this at a meeting last night and it made me laugh. Quote, I am more of a 90 meetings in 90 weeks type of guy. End quote. Not that that's a good thing because another hashtag heard in a meeting I've heard is three meetings a week. Good job. Two meetings a week. Good luck. One meeting a week. Goodbye. Mm. Ooh, ouch. Love the show. Thanks, Spencer P. in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. Thanks for writing in, Spencer. The three meetings a week bit takes me back to the sponsee is asking the sponsor, how many meetings do I need to go to? Well, just cut back one each week until you drink and then, you know, add one back, add one.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 90 meetings in 90 days, I've heard, came into AA from treatment centers. When I came in, there were some old timers who didn't even like 90 meetings in 90 Which You just need to come to AA every day. (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts, Carissa?
0: I was given the 90 meetings in 90 days. If I was not going to a meeting, I was to do something AA related. I was terrified you guys, to miss a meeting for my first two and a half years of sobriety. Yeah. In fact, one of the difficult things I went through about mm, a year and a half into my sobriety, uh, my grandmother was passing away. Her and I were very, very close. Called my sponsor. I was like, um, you know, my dad just told me my grandma has stopped eating and drinking water. And I think it's time. But I have my meeting and and she's like, you're going to show up for your grandmother. And I got to be there with her, you know, and I was bent on my knees praying next to her bedside. Wow. What an experience that I was able to get through, even not going to mean the fellowship was there for me. They were calling me. They were checking in on me.
2: Yeah. We show up, don't we?
0: We show up.
1: Carissa, thanks so much for coming to us from the
2: fourth dimension today yes. to share your recovery. With this has yes. been a real joy. Thank you. And oh thanks so God. much for having called in and gotten all this started. This is great.
0: Thank you so much for having me and asking me. I'm so honored. You guys are super fun and you're my friends from far away.
2: <laughs> you can give a gift subscription of Grapevine or Lavinia. Grapevine has a long waiting list of incarcerated members who want one. Get your group, district, area, or AA friends to join in. It's easy. Go to aagrapevine.org
1: and look for Carry the message at the top of the site. I'm at the very wit's end.
2: To some people, beer is just a six-pack. But to me, it was a support group. (laughs) it's really not that funny thanks for joining us the aa grapevine half hour variety hour is posted every monday and is produced by aa grapevine inc we don't speak for aa as a whole we share the experience strength and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find A.A. Grapevine on Instagram and the A.A. Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about A.A., Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit a.a.org.